On this week's episode of Cultivating Her Space. When I hear a woman say, I take care of everybody and not myself, you failed everybody, including yourself. That is the truth in that statement. Nobody likes a martyr. Nobody appreciates a martyr. So when I hear that, I'm like, no, you don't. That's a humble brag, right? And it's not true. It's a bold-faced lie. Because there's no way you can take care of everybody and not yourself. And had those people actually cared for and had those needs actually met and you didn't take care of yourself, it is impossible. Today's episode is sure to provide you with motivation, inspiration, or a fresh perspective. If you have any aha moments or appreciate anything from this episode, please leave us a review to let us know we're on the right track. Also, we release episodes every Friday, so be sure to subscribe on iTunes and visit cultivatingherspace.com to access our exclusive after show and other bonus content from the Patreon tab. Welcome to Cultivating Her Space, a podcast dedicated to uplifting women like you. We're your hosts, Dr. Dominique Broussard, a college professor and psychologist, and Terry Lomax, a techie and motivational speaker. In a world where Black women are often misrepresented and misunderstood, please join us as we initiate authentic conversations on everything from fibroids to fake friends and create a safe space where Black women can just be. Hey, lady. It's Terry here from the Cultivating Her Space podcast. I'm hosting a free podcasting masterclass where I'm going to teach you how to create your impactful podcast and how you can generate multiple streams of income. You can visit podcastwithterry.com to register for free. I hope to see you there. All right, lady, we are super excited about today's guest. So we're just going to jump right on in, okay? Dr. LaShonda T. Green, MBA, is a licensed clinical psychologist who has interpersonal savvy and business acumen that'll help you change your life and the way you do business. She earned her doctorate in clinical psychology from the American Psychological Association at LaSalle University in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And as a clinical psychologist, Dr. LaShonda is akin to a hope whisperer. Simply put, she instills hope. Where there is despondency, worthlessness, and aimlessness, you'll find Dr. LaShonda creating interventions and earnestly maneuvering through scores of pain and unresolved trauma to provide relief and optimism. So if you need relief and optimism, lady, you are in the right place. Dr. LaShonda, we are so excited to have you here. Welcome to Cultivating Her Space. Oh, thank you. Thanks for having me on this wonderful platform. I'm honored. Thank you. Thank you. We, I mean, just listening to your bio, I am just, I am excited for this conversation. So Dr. LaShonda, we are going to start off with the quote of the day. Now our quote of the day will sound really familiar to you because we've been all up in your Instagram and on your website. And so we, we have found your words. Lady, if you do not follow Dr. LaShonda on Instagram, you need to check her out because on a regular basis, the quotes are just inspirational and help you you put yourself in check real quick in a good way. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) 
our quote of the day, you cannot outperform an unhealthy mindset. I'm going to say that one more time for those people in the back. You cannot outperform an unhealthy mindset. Absolutely. That is absolutely the case because the mind is the mind, the brain is the bedrock for behavior, right? So most everything, if not everything stems from your brain, right? It is a fascinating organism and people will innocently think that they can achieve whatever they set their mind to or whatever they want to in terms of what they feel, but not understanding that along with what you feel, your mentality and your thought life has to align with your emotions, ideally. To be able to be productive and effective while you feel one thing and think another is a skill that has to be acquired. So that's not natural, right? That's something you actually have to work on in therapy. But in order to really achieve what you set out to do, your emotions have to align with your thought life. And so if you are carrying around negative thinking, unhealthy thinking patterns, maladaptive cognitions, that's really jargony. But if you're thinking, thinking, that's, that I like it. I like a little yes. something jazzy. If you have nasty, foul thinking that's self-defeating and self-destructing, your thought life and what you achieve in life is going to reflect what you're thinking. So if you feel self-defeated, if you think you cannot, then you absolutely will not. This is not anything new. Like literally, there's nothing new under the sun, but it does bear repeating because people continuously underestimate the power of the mind because it's so, it's almost too simple. Right. And so sometimes in order to excuse away unhealthy behavior, in order to make excuses for poor performance, we would like to overcomplicate things. That's a that's a thinking disorder. That's a thinking distortion. That's a cognitive distortion. And we call that intellectualization. When you sort of make something that's very simple and you want to make it complicated and academic and intricate. Because then that can explain away your lack of motivation, your poor performance, your apathy, your inconsistency. That's when we sort of create this mountain. That's where that saying comes from. You can't, don't create a mountain out of a molehill. Did I say that right? Yes. 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 So yes, if you have foul thinking, you're going to have foul results. That's the bottom line. And even if you have healthy thinking and you're right on target with your thought life, even if you make a misstep or a mistake, having a healthy thought life will allow you to pivot and rebound, right? And grit and resilience is not talked about enough, right? Which is very different from avoidance. So even if you made a misstep and and I believe that failure does happen and you failed at something, having a healthy thought life or healthy cognitions or a healthy way of thinking allows you to regroup and allows you to pivot. It allows you to be flexible, right? Being cognitively flexible, in my God, is a superpower, okay? Oh, yes. I <laughs> love it. I love it. Dr. Lashani, you are, you are, I mean, from the, from the, out the gate, you have got us going. And I appreciate that. But we're going to rewind just a little bit. Okay, yes. I know that Terry at the beginning read yeah. your amazing bio, right? Right. But we want to hear from you. 
What is your origin story? How did you get to be the Dr. LaShonda that we see and hear from today? Well, that's a very interesting story. I set out to be, and I'm still convinced of this, I wanted to be the CEO, president of my own publishing company. I'm convinced someone who produced Living Single, Khadijah, Queen Latifah's character, she had Flavor Magazine. Someone met me and then created that character. I'm fully convinced because I wanted to have my own magazine. I started out wanting to be a muckraker, like investigative style reporter, like 2020, that was my mission. So I have an undergrad associates in communications because I was on my way to being a reporter because I am a good interviewer. You know, my style is very sort of investigative. So I was on a different path I was going to be. I was going to come over here to New York and work for Condé Nast and I was going to have this fabulous publication. And so I had this vision, but it didn't work like that. So one thing after another, I was in undergrad and I was like, oh, I need more. I'm very goal driven, right? And that's also a problem because at times I suffer from destination disease. And that's I'm always Ooh, striving for destination disease. That's Bishop Del Bronner. I got that from him. Let's give credit where credit's due. That's when you're always striving for something, the next thing. I'm very goal oriented and sometimes my ambitions don't allow me to be in the moment and settled. And it's not that I'm trying to compete or trying to get anything. I'm not trying to outshine, right? Because I don't have a Gucci bag. I like last year's Kate Spade from TJ Maxx. So I don't need, (laughs) I'm not trying to outshine anybody. I just naturally am goal driven. So sometimes destination disease takes over. I'm like learning to be content. Right. So I was in the throes of destination disease. I was like, there's more, there's more. I've got to accomplish more. And so that led me to my MBA. And then I was like, oh, my God, this is a bunch of numbers. Right. When you're an MBA, the mantra is create shareholder value. It's very much a numbers driven bottom line, quantitative profession. But I was like, I need a social aspect to my profession. While I like numbers because I'm a very bottom line, concrete thinker, I also need the social aspect, the social engagement piece. So after much prayer, because I'm a believer, I said, oh, what is my path? I need my path. And so actually, I, after much prayer, it was revealed to me, God revealed to me to go into psychology because I have the gift of healing. And that's, I said all that to say that I have the gift of healing. That's what I said. So that's what makes me particularly good because it is divine. It was divinely inspired. I love that you shared your background. And I love that even a woman that's, you know, achieved what you've achieved talks about destination disorder, because I think many of us can relate to that. And Dom and I have talked about it on the podcast too. Can you share some tips that you recommend for Black women entrepreneurs to minimize burnout or destination disorder? Like what are some of the best practices Mm. you can share? Well, first and foremost, let's start with the mentality, right? Self-care is crucial. Self-preservation is key. And self-preservation and self-care is very different from selfishness, right? Selfishness is pathological, it's very negative in nature. And what selfishness means is that basically you'll cut the next person's throat and you would do damage in service of your goal. And that's really so. Self-preservation is when you are meeting your needs in a way that honors you, any other person, 
right? And the people around you, the people you are in business with, the people who love you, the people you love. When you're selfish, you're just doing anything to serve you, right? So self-preservation has a dual function in that you are preserving yourself, you're caring for yourself, and then you're caring for yourself. You are allowing yourself to care for other people. When other people, that is a love language. When you care for yourself, people who love you value that. And it makes them want to love you more because you appreciating you inspires them to appreciate you more. So people need to see that you do love you and that that's the bar that you've set for yourself. The self-love is not to say, oh, I don't need anybody because I got me. That's not what self-love is. Self-love is an act of love that inspires other people to join in and say, this is where I'm in. Join me in this love space. But it's definitely not to say, it's not exclusionary. It's definitely not exclusionary. And I think it has become that. It's taking on that sort of toxic definition. Oh, I don't need, I'm so this, I'm so that. But it's not the case. That's not it at all. So no one likes a martyr, okay? I can't, my pet peeve is when I hear a Black woman say, oh my God, I take care of everybody and not myself. That really is a lie. First of all, when I hear it, I don't believe it. Oh, get him. I, I, when I hear it, I don't believe it. I've heard, and, they, and, and what, what really annoys me is that women wear that as a badge of honor. I take care of everyone except myself, and I have no, that means you failed everyone, including yourself. That's what I hear. When I hear a woman say, I take care of everybody and not myself, you failed everybody, including yourself. That is the truth in that statement. Wow. Nobody likes a martyr. Nobody appreciates a martyr. So when I hear that, I'm like, no, you don't. That's a humble brag, right? And it's not true. It's a bold-faced lie because there's no way you can take care of everybody and not yourself and have those people actually cared for and have those needs actually met and you didn't take care of yourself. It is impossible. So I say self-preservation is key. And that means get what your mind needs, your body needs, and your soul needs, right? And, and so today, secular knowledge, they don't really subscribe to the soul construct, right? I throw that in there for people who are not necessarily Christians, but have a spiritual self. So you have to get what your mind needs. You have to get what your body needs. You have to get what your soul needs. All three. Now, it is true that you won't meet them to the same degree all of the time, but neither one of those three elements should be on empty. You can approach zero, but not reach it. So know that you have your mind, your body, and soul. Know that all three have to be met. And although all three of them won't be met to the same degree, neither one, none of the three should ever approach zero. That's a word right there. Dr. LaShonda, I do want to say, you know how you, when you're in church and the pastor says something and you, you, my pastor used to say, if you can't say amen, say ouch. I feel like a lot of, there are going to be a lot of black women that hear what you just said about I take care of everybody else, but not myself. Can we, can we like double tap into that a little bit? And can you talk more about it? Cause I feel like some people are going to be a little triggered or a little hurt. So can we talk about that a little bit more? They're going to be like, what? <laughs> ouch, ouch, ouch. I think a lot of women think that they're saying something admirable and they're absolutely not. You're actually telling on yourself because emotionally that's very immature language. It's really is if you really, and it's very arrogance as well, because if you really think that you can pour from an empty cup and you're still going to meet the needs of the people in your life, you are a fool. It's not true. 
And the only way you are continuing to do that is if you're, you're continuing to lie to yourself. Because I can guarantee you the people who are in your circle, who you say you love, who you need to, whose needs you need to meet, they're not being honest with you. They're not being honest with you. They either resent you because you believe that. They are either angry with you because their needs are not actually being met. And they're very disappointed in you. There's a lot of negativity. So the people who actually see you are not seeing you as the superwoman that you think you are portraying. That's another level. So although in your mind you think you may be coming across as a superwoman, to the people who are looking at you, you very much look like you are struggling and drowning. So there's a huge disconnect. There's no real true self-awareness because how you think you're coming across is not the case. What people are actually seeing as you are failing, because it does happen, they see someone who's struggling, who is ill-equipped, doesn't have the capacity to meet her needs or the people around her. And so what happens, the children rebel, your husband seeks something outside the home, not saying that that's your fault, but noticing that there absolutely are consequences and there is a fallout to behavior. There's, we like to call that a correlation. So yeah, some people are going to be hurt, but that's the truth. I can't read this. And gone are the days of Aunt Maybelline and Aunt Jemima and all that. We, no, 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 no. Please let it go. I don't like a martyr. I don't like a martyr. Get your hair done. Get your feet done. If you are a married woman or a girlfriend or you have a partner, it should all be together. It should be together. Find your, if you haven't been to a nail salon, find your way. Get the hair done. And yes, let's tighten it up for real. And even if you don't have a partner, no, we should be doing up. this for ourselves. Yes. Yes. Because if you don't like who you see, how can you expect others to like who you see? Well, that is very true. And I would like to also add to that. Even if you are not where you want to be psychologically or emotionally, financially, in the process is still a good criterion. You can still be in the process because what we don't want to mistakenly do is tell people that we are unlovable until we've arrived. That's not true, right? While I'm still working, while I'm still learning, evolving and growing, I'm still worthy of affection, commitment, devotion, and love. I'm so worthy. I am not there. I am emotionally immature here and I have some growing to do here. I am not 100% and no one is. Okay, that's a whole nother line. But understanding that even while I'm growing and evolving and working out the kinks, I still deserve for my partner to show up and give me 110. Perfect. That makes perfect sense. I still Thank you for it. sharing that. Yeah. Yeah. People think they have to be the right education, the right job, be the right weight, be the right. If you're in the process, you're good. Now, if you're in denial, that's another conversation, right? We really need to talk about something else. But if you're in the process, you don't have to sell yourself short and say, well, I'm not ready. Yes, even with your flawed working it out self, you still deserve 110%. Why not? Work deserves work. I love that. Now, Dr. LaShonda, this conversation has already been really good, but we do want to shift up the energy a little bit and then dive yeah. back into some more questions for you. So Let's what we're going to do, do is we're going to, you know what, Dom, let's just dive on in. So 
Dr. LaShonda, because we recognize, appreciate, and celebrate the multifaceted woman, and we believe that it's okay to be bougie, classy, ratchet, all that good stuff, right? You can still be elegant and dance to strip club music if you so choose. We want to invite you to the OU Blatchet segment. So do you take on the challenge? Yes, that's, I think I am. I was like, I love this Blatchet in my Blatchet. I hope I am. I want to be Blatchet. Yes. Yes. I want to be Blatchet. So okay. now, that you, now that you've agreed, we got her, Dom. So what we're going to okay. do is we're going to ask you three special questions. We're going to have three sentence completions for you. And then we are going to have you choose between, let's see, one and three, because we have three okay. photos pulled up of you. And we want you to provide more context about the oh photo. Oh, my God. Jesus. <laughs> that we wouldn't know. So okay. 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 This is fun. This is fun. Okay. Okay. So number one, the question okay. is, what's the best piece of advice or wisdom you've ever received? Okay, this may be triggering. But my uncle told me when I was younger, in my early 20s, he was like, listen, you're going to have to stop talking a lot when you're in relationships. He's going to have to learn to shut up. Yeah, I was like in my early 20s, yeah. And it just so happened that it really works. It really does. I, I don't want, I'm with, I'm with all the women. Like, because I have an opinion about opinions. My opinions have opinions. I'm never short on opinions. <laughs> I have opinions and case conceptualizations. I can get a pie chart going, a, a gram, a, you know, a diagram, a model. I can whip out put anything on the whiteboard. But no, 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 man, that's interesting. That, listen, if you talk too much, that is the erection killer. Ooh. Being chatty will kill an erection, okay? Okay, yes, I did. At the end of the day, I have asked myself, will this lead to my man's dick getting hard? Yes or no? If it's no, I usually won't say it. <laughs> well, all right. That is latching. <laughs> yes, I love it. I love That's it. it. Black, so you know what Because I, I think it would be really disgusting. I got all these degrees and can't keep a man dick hard. Something is wrong with that. I, that's not going to be my legacy. I'm not going to have go to the school, get all this education, and can't keep my man aroused. That's not going to be my legacy. I refuse it. Well then, speaking mm-hmm. of arousal, mm-hmm. I have four words for you. Okay. I have a feeling which one you're going to say, <laughs> but I'm just going to put it out there anyway. Yeah. Twerk or two-step? Oh, both. Ooh. Oh yes, I I am not I'm Auntie Age. I get it. So yes, when a Frankie Beverly Mays, I will two step it. But don't think I can grow it back. I can throw it back. You can throw it back. Okay. <laughs> I can, I can throw, <laughs> oh, I will. Don't let some. And then and then like you'd be like, oh babe. I'd be like, oh. I was like, yes, babe, yes. <laughs> of course, I throw. Yes, I throws it. Listen, it gets real. It gets it's getting Negroish when you throw the S on it when it's not supposed to be. I throws it. That's how you know I'm the rose back. You. Okay, <laughs> okay, yeah. It's the S for me. It's the it's S for me. S. Now, Doctor Lashonda, just kind of leading on this path uh, of blessedness. What is the sexiest item you own? My handcuffs. Oh. Okay, so you tie you 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 cuffing them up and throwing it back. Okay, I I, I, I got you. You should have some. Come on now, the handcuffs. What the furry handcuffs? You, 
Yes, the one that they yes. can't break away. But yes, you should have some handcuffs. <laughs> yes. Yes, I do. I love it. There. The vision. Yes. I got the vision. I got it. And my okay. cousin said that you should definitely invest. She swears by this, but I haven't gotten it. But I'm saving this for when he pops a question. If he does, listen. The French maid costume is killer. Good investment. Y'all heard it here <laughs> first. Y'all heard it here okay. first. Okay. okay. Y'all heard it first. <laughs> the French maid one. I love yeah. it. I love it. Yes, the French mean. That's a nice little gift. Don't listen. Go ahead and get that. It was, she said, the French mean. She's had, she dressed up several, but she said that one, the French made one. Go ahead and get that, ladies. All right. Noted. Noted. Yeah. <laughs> so now we're going to move on to the sentence completion. Okay, yes. One question or topic I wish people asked me about more often is. I would like people to ask me what it was like, what was the process like for me being in my doctoral program. A lot of people are fascinated by the end result, by the degree and the title. A lot of people get caught up in that, whereas I don't see it like that. You know, I would like a question, well, what did it take? How many hours did you spend studying? Like, what did you have to sacrifice? You know, that's that's what my education represents for me. It's just been a series of tremendous sacrifice. And so when people are enamored and become very impressed with the degree, I'm almost annoyed because I'm like, well, you don't know the whole entire backstory here. Like, you, this is not what you should be congratulating me on. I got stories upon stories. Upon stories, I do get a little disappointed that people are not as interested in in the struggle, the backstory, as much as they are. They stop right at the title and that's it. Well, the next sentence completion is the most interesting part of my journey to getting my doctorate is. When I was getting my doctoral program, there was a black female professor. Well, girl, when I say hashtag be your own people, well, I don't know if she identified with being an American per se, because she was a Caribbean American, and that was her first identification that she was from the islands and not necessarily a Black American. So that was that distinction. So when we first met and she came to the program, I was like, oh my God. I was like, yes, yes, there's more, there's more of us. And so I was over familiar and they say you should not do that. You should not assume that just because you're in the presence of another black woman in a, a business setting that you've got girls are homies, right? Okay, granted, that makes sense. But I was still young, still learning. So she was very much, she set a firm boundary. I said, oh, okay. I dig, I, I'm picking up what you put down, sis. So, so I, I backed up, but there was a, still a sour taste in my mouth. It was still, because I was one of two black girls black young ladies in the program and I was looking and she had graduated I think we were the same age but she had graduated from her program several years prior to me there's some people who come out of undergrad go straight into the doctorate program I did not I had a gap because I actually wanted to be a whole human <laughs> so I so I was like I don't think I like this one but fast forwards two to three. I mean, I was on her clinic team and everything. She was giving me just the vibe, like just letting me know you're over there. I'm over here. We weren't on the same team. We might even the same color. We weren't on the same team. So several years later, I was doing my dissertation. 
So I participated in a fair. We had a, it wasn't a fair, but it was a conference. It was a conference on minorities or some sort of minority-focused, diversity-focused, the first annual diversity-focused conference. What are those things that we do in, in the society program? The research, research board. Like a museum? Yeah, it was a research poster that I did for my dissertation, right? And I was like, oh. I did my research and I did my research poster and it was phenomenal. It was phenomenal. It ended up winning the award. She, at the end of the day, several years later, had to hand me my award for having the best research poster for the colloquium that she put on. That was by far the most satisfying because I was sitting there. I was like, and she had to give it to me. She had to announce me. She had to call me up on stage. She had to shake my hand because I don't think she thought that I was in the running. There were clearly other favorites that she had that were blonde haired and blue eyed. And so let's just put that out there. And so when she called my name and I won that award, I was, it was, I was so sated. It was so wonderful because she had counted me out. I was looking for a mentor, you know, cause the higher you go up, me may be like 0.5% of the population, you know, in terms of black people with doctors and black psychologists. So I was looking for the camaraderie and sisterhood. And so it didn't happen like that. I say all that to say, this uh, professor had to give me a first place award for my research poster. And that was the most satisfying. Yes. Okay, Dr. LaShonda. You want to have to reel me in because I could I could be I could talk for hours. We we see you. We see you. So our last sentence completion. Okay. What I love most about myself is the mo- the thing that I really love about myself is my ability to rebound. I think I have a lot of grit and a lot of resilience. I, I really like that about myself. I am able to recover, not not necessarily quickly, but I recover in its quality. I can recover. I am one to recover, to shake it off, even if I'm like crawling across the finish line, right? You know, sometimes I didn't run across the finish line. Sometimes I was crawling, crawling on bloody knees, but I am one to recover. You know, I don't, I don't take L's and just lay down. I'm not down for the cow. You know, I am one to get up and keep getting up and keep getting up and keep getting up. So that's the one thing. Yeah. A quality rebound. All right. (laughs) Okay. So Dr. LaShonda, before we dive into more questions, we have three photos pulled up of you. Uh You're only going to get a chance to see one photo. So choose a number between or choose a number out of one and three. And we'll pull that photo up on the big screen so you can see it and provide more context to us about this particular photo. So okay, what two. is your number? Number two. two. Okay, let's go two, to number two. two. Is it a good All one? Right. Let, me see. Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Okay, number two. I think it is a good one. Let's see. Oh, Give us more context about this lovely photo. Oh, that's a cute one. Yes. Yo, so I was at, I was in North Carolina. 
Visiting. Oh, really quick before you before you continue, can you let people who are not watching let them know what photo you're looking at? Like describe okay. it and then give us the context. Okay, so I'm sitting on the swing. I'm wearing a mustard color shirt, and my hair is just kind of laid down. It looks like a fade. It looks like a maybe a Caesar. I'm wearing like a dark burgundy lipstick and this sort of pink fur background, black pants. Is that a good description? And so I was visiting my father and his new bride who's younger than me. That's another conversation. And for the holidays last year, and it was the first time I saw his new house that he built for his new wife that's younger than me. And it was a good time though. <laughs> you I- are so funny. <laughs> The lovely house. Lovely house. For his bride who's younger than me. <laughs> Hilarious. That was so fun. Thank you for playing. I think yes. you are Blatchet. I think we've determined that you are indeed yes. Blatchet like us. Yes. So thank you for indulging us. Yes. Of so course. We'll d- if you have more, I love this game. Give me more. I <laughs> love these questions. <laughs> I love them. I'll pass it to Dr. Dom. Well, as much as you love these questions, and I know that our audience does too, we do want to dive back into talking about why mental wellness is important for our business wellness. And so we want to know, there's a common refrain out there that says, When you stay ready, you ain't got to get ready. Right. Mm -hmm. So what are some of the things that people can do in their current nine to five to mentally prepare them for being an entrepreneur? Well, I think that's a great question, Dr. Dom. And I will say, particularly for Black women, if you're going to be an entrepreneur and if you already started and you're in this space, a conversation needs to be had with self. Before you move any further and before you actually become a full-time, full-fledged entrepreneur, where your career is going to fall in relation to your personal life, priorities have to be made from the onset. And there's a thing we call competing values, right? So values are things that we are always striving for. Love, industry, friendship, relationships, sex, money. We, We all have values and we're all pursuing them. But there are times in life when you can value relationships You can value motherhood and you can value your career. Here's what they don't tell us. You can't achieve sometimes. You can't achieve them all at the same time. And if you have them all at the same time, you're not going to have them to the same degree in terms of your level of enjoyment and your level of involvement is not going to be at the same degree. So when you become an entrepreneur, where does your career lie? Is it going to be your first love, your second love, your third love? Where is it going to be? You have to decide that because if that is not a decision that is made from the onset, then you're going to be unstable, double-minded. You're going to be unstable and you're going to be scattered because you're going to want to be 100% invested in your career. Then you're going to be 100% invested in being a parent. Then you're going to be 100% invested in having a partner. There's got to be some prioritization formally, somewhere written down in either a journal or notepad in your phone as to the order of how these things are going to manifest themselves in your life. It's naive to think that you can have everything you want 
at the same time and to the degree that you want it. That is so powerful. The word that really stuck out to me was double-minded. I just envisioned what that would look like, what that looks like in action to be kind of going to and fro and being tossed with the wind. And it just yes. seems so chaotic. So and thank you really for sharing cool. that. It's really, yeah. and it's really exhausting. And I'm not saying right? you can't have a great career. And I'm yeah. not saying you can't be a great parent. And I'm not saying you can't be a great partner. I am saying that as an adult in a world of limited resources and meaning ourselves, right? We are also limited resources. You don't have endless reserves of love. You don't have endless reserves of respect. You have limits. And I respect that, right? And so given that you are a limited individual, and we are all time bound because we're all going to die. So we are all bound by time. We're all working within constraints and restraints. We all have limitations. And so understanding that when you make this decision about your career, understanding from the onset where it's going to fall in your life is really critical. Now, I do have another question, but I just had to lean into this. That was so powerful as well, because <clears throat> I think a lot of times we talked about toxic positivity on the podcast. And I think sometimes oh. there's like this optimism, like, oh, I can do everything. I can do it all. But it's like, we do have limits. That's that's realistic. Oh, yeah, like, that's... We have time constraints. We Everything is not just unlimited and I'm going to manifest it because I want it. And that's not how it works. Please so do I appreciate away with yeah. the manifesting word. That's wishing. Can we say that simply <laughs> wishing? Oh my, there's, what is manifesting? I cannot stand the word. It's, I cannot wait till we trend away from the word. Why does work hard never trend? You know what I mean? <laughs> like anything that was, requires hard work, sacrifice, and lots of tears that never trends, you know? So no, I don't believe in manifesting because that's similar. That's the synonym for wishing. And I don't wish for anything. No, I work. For everything. I don't wish. I don't, I don't wish. I've never, because I'm a scientist first. I, we don't wish. We don't believe in wishing. But absolutely, <laughs> there's no such thing as manifesting. That's a very, there's no such thing that as manifesting. That is very scientific for sure. That is right. <laughs> I get it. I get it. I When I saw the secret, I remember the scientists and the, the other folks were kind of like battling because they're like, wait, manifestation is this, but science, they were like, wait, can you prove it? Can you write right. it down? So I, 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 I understand what you're right. coming from. Like, I get it. Where is it? Manifest, where is it going to manifest from? Like a cloud? Is there a manifestation cloud? Like literally where I'm looking for it. Like where does it, does it fall from the sky? Does it like materialize? Nothing? I don't understand the concept. I can't even wrap my mind around what that, you can manifest it. I don't even know what that means, but I don't believe in it. It certainly doesn't exist. It does not exist. I Let's do away with the term. It does not exist. It's one of the biggest lies that have ever been told. And it's just another way for people to be lazy. I live in the cloud, so I'm processing everything, <laughs> Dr. Lashonda. But I hear you. I'm, I like, hear you. I hear you. Because I'm definitely up like, let's manifest it all. But I do want to I do want to ask you, Dr. Lashonda. Yeah. How does someone's how does someone's trauma wounds, how does that show up when they're in business and when they're going to, you know, they're doing their day-to-day in business? How do those trauma wounds show up? Oh, I love trauma. I don't love trauma, but you know, we have had our, black Americans. We've had our fair share of trauma. You know, ancestors being brought here, and the neighborhood violence trauma. Then there's relationship trauma. Then there's parental trauma. Then there's financial trauma. So we have complex, repeated trauma. You know, black people in this country, we know our fair share of trauma. So how does it show up in business? Well, if you have unresolved trauma to begin with, you are likely not making the right decision about the business that you're going in to begin with. 
Because sometimes people create products and businesses to self-heal and heal a wound. And that's not it. Maybe, and this is, I don't, never had this conversation with a stylist, but for example, maybe you have the hair salon stylist who was always told that she was unattractive or she always felt that she wasn't attractive enough. So she made sure that she always had great hair. And so appearance became a focal point. Appearance being a focal point let her down this path of sort of cosmetology, right? And maybe unintentionally, maybe she wasn't aware. She's good at it because she had to be because it was a function of insecurity or unmet need. Now, should that actually be a business idea? Not necessarily. Is she good at it? Possibly. But sometimes people go into fields and it's just self-serving. And while it, and I think that puts a Band-Aid over a stab wound. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I think we should take a moment and, and, and process that. Sit with that for a moment, right? Like, lady, as you're listening, take a moment and think about your current career. And think about how you got into the current career that you're on. And for our entrepreneurs out there, think about the current business that you have or that you're in the, in the process of starting. Right. And really ask yeah. yourself, what is the purpose, the deeper purpose, not that surface level purpose. Right. Of my friends all told me that I do their hair well and I made money off of it when we were all living in dorms in college. Right. But going deeper to. It's because I didn't feel someone made me feel unattractive and I needed to combat that. Right. And I just got good at what I'm combating. Exactly. And that itself becomes a skill. People who've been wounded in relationships and now become dating coaches. Well, where did you get your training, ma'am? I don't understand where that is. I would love to know what you two think about this. So I think that there, and you, let me just say, you two are the doctors. So y'all let me know. Okay. I, 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 in my experience, I would say that there have been times where I have found purpose for my pain, but do you think that if someone is acknowledging the trauma and they are working through it, you can, you can be directed to your path by way of that situation, but you're not using it as like your coping mechanism or like as your pacifier, you know what I mean? As you're working through your life. Does that make sense? Is that, do you think that's possible? Okay, so I'll start. I do think it's possible. I do think that pain and trauma is very informative and it's chock full of a lot of data. And it is rich, which is why we do experience suffering. And because it is very telling and it is transformative and it's transformational and it's very important to our development. So I do think there's a lot of data there. Now, what therapy does come along and help you with is it's because it really takes someone who's skilled to be able to identify the nuances within the trauma, to be able to pinpoint what aspects of the trauma and your experiences within those experiences can lead you to a healthier path. Not everything you should take with you. Some things, yes. And you need help trying to identify, should I take this with me? Because not all baggage is is bad. We all come in with baggage. So maybe you want to pick up certain pieces of the baggage because there's no one that's coming that's baggage free. 
Right. But a therapist will help you select, okay, what to take with you and what you can leave behind, what you can manage and what you can't, what you really need to resolve and what you kind of stuff for right now. So a therapist will come along and help you find out what's that important, critical information to help you become a better person. But in terms of how that happens in, in business, that to me can be a separate thing. But I see what you're saying, but not necessarily. It depends is our favorite answer. I was that makes sense. That. Yes. I love that yes. phrase. It that depends, is. right? <laughs> yes. It's all contextual. Yeah, no, it's it juicy really, though. It, it really does. does. Every, yes. It really depends because behavior occurs within context. And so yes. when I try to tell people that that's what I need. I need more context. They think I'm trying to avoid their avoid answering the question. I'm like, but you haven't given me enough information. And the black and white thing, well, is it this or is it that? Then I hit them with, well, you know, it doesn't have to. <laughs> it can be an and. Just replacing um, yep. or with and changes the dynamic yep. of a lot of things. And so people don't even want to do that. They're like, no, no, no. It, is it this way? or is it? I'm like, no, it's not this way. Or that way. It's both. And so that in itself is a very interesting. Did I even answer the question? Oh my God, I gotta talk about it. I think you I think you did, but what I think you I think you really help people think about just the beginning of the journey. Cause you said before we even get into the business, you could be embarking on a journey that that's that's the stems from the trauma. Right. And so I think about like, you know, how you oftentimes how you manage your personal finances is usually how you're going to manage your business finances right. as well. So it's like right. the things that are not addressed, they're going to bleed over into the business. So I think you oh, get on totally. like the, the first step of the journey. And it's like, what business are you in? Right. And why? Right. And why yeah. are you even there? And then exactly. we've met, I mean, we know scores of talented Black people who opened up shops and businesses and never made it past maybe the first six months of the year. And it wasn't for lack of talent or intelligence, but it was all the other stuff that they weren't able to clear up or resolve or organize or manage. You know, we often want cures. There, even medically, there are very few cures. And the same is true for the psychological phenomenon. There, well, there are no cures for us, but medically there are very few cures. And when you try to introduce that concept of no cures, they're like, no, 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 there's an answer. No, no, no. There's management. A cure is different. Yes, I love that. <laughs> and so speaking of management, mm-hmm. When someone is, when particularly for, for black women, mm-hmm. what are your top three tips for them to manage their mental health okay. as they are running a successful business? So what, what, so if we think of the black woman who is has a healthy business mindset, right? Right. We talked earlier about self-care and self-preservation. Mm-hmm. What would be two other things that you would recommend for them to be mentally well as they are running a healthy business? Okay. So healthy business. Number two Make, go out of your way to make friends and develop relationships, professional relationships with people who look nothing like you. 
with people who don't come from your background, people who are not in your socioeconomic status, find people who are very different from you, who have different philosophies, sexual orientations. You want the most diverse groups of people professionally that you know. And the reason why I say that you will learn the most from people who are different from you. And this has been proven because People who are different from you will offer things to you that you've never heard from, different information. And the brain, it's been proven, actually does more work cognitively taking in different and new information than, let's say, hearing the same thing over and over and over again, right? So people who don't look like you, who have a different experience, your brain is going to latch on to what they're saying because this is new stuff. You're going to process it on a much deeper level. So make it your business, right, to join professional organizations and make sure to form relationships, not with just other Black women, but you should at least have different people that you know. They should be different races, different ethnicities, different genders, male, non-binary. And it's okay. Have Get a mentor. Have one. And, and my last one, there's several. Get a mentor. Get more than one. And get male and female. You want at least one of each. You need mentors. I do think that other groups of people do this better than us, particularly, but you need mentors. You need peer consultation, right? In psychology, peer consultation is everything. If you're doing all of this by yourself, you're absolutely doing it wrong. And that's in any business, right? You're absolutely doing it wrong. So you need a mentor. You need at least two and you need at least one male and one female, and you should be checking with, in with each mentor no less than once a quarter. So that's once every three months. There should be an in-person meeting. I love an in-person meeting. There should be an in-person meeting. It should be formal to some degree, meaning that it should have a purpose. It should be productive. You should come with some prepared questions. I definitely do think you should be current in your field in terms of the literature. Right. Staying relevant and staying current is a superpower. So you want to stay current when it comes to the literature, making sure you're subscribing to the right journals or the right books or going to the right conferences, seminars, wanting to keep your skill set sharp and your knowledge base full. That is gold. Lady, you are getting this information for free. Okay. Please go leave us a review. Go support Dr. LaShonda. That was gold right there, Dr. LaShonda. That is like Pro tip. Yeah. Wow. Thank we, you. Yes. Give, you need, we need people and be open to feedback. Mm. This sounds a lot easier than it is. No one likes feedback. <laughs> and that and feedback is another way for saying constructive criticism. You have to be able to hear the hard stuff. If you can't hear the hard stuff, you need to close up shop. You shouldn't be in business. If the only thing that you are listening for is how great and wonderful you are in your product or your services, retire because you're not built for a competitive, a capitalist economy. That's number one. This is a free enterprise market. And if you can't hear the hard stuff, you are not ready for a free market. You're not ready for an open market. You're not ready for competition. You are not ready for competition if you can't handle the feedback. If all you're listening for is how great you are, you really need to retire and just stick to your pop-up shops. Okay. Yes. I said it. Yes. She said it. She said (laughs) it, y'all. Just just stick to your table 
and your really nice tablecloth in your pop-up shop. I mean, you can, I appreciate and, it. You're saying the things that a lot of people don't want to say and people are, you know, maybe don't want to hear, but it's necessary. And we appreciate yeah. you, Dr. LaShonda. This was so good. So please let us know where can our listeners find you and support you? What are you working on? How can they, how can they show you love right now? Oh, I'm on Instagram at Dr. LaShonda, D-R-L-A-S-H-O-N-D-A. I am on Facebook, Dr. LaShonda T. Green. And that's what I'm doing right now. I'm currently... Trying to do other things behind the scenes is so much work, but I'm trying to, I've always envisioned myself on helping a lot of people on a larger scale. So working with my manager and trying to do my own thing in terms of getting out to the masses and my message. And we're fine tuning what that is and what that looks like. I'm in the work. I love it. I know you're going to be successful. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. And so any final words for that black woman entrepreneur out there who has been sitting on the edge of her seat this entire interview, any, because we, again, we know that if we follow you on Instagram, we are constantly getting a good word and just listen to this interview. (laughs) We got lots of gems. Thank you. One last gem. One last gem I would say for someone who I think is, you know, I've academically achieved a good many things. I would say to women entrepreneurs that to be careful not to gain the world and lose your soul. Academic accolades, business accolades, you know, that's all well and great. And I love those things. And I love the fact that I live in a country where women can pursue these types of endeavors because that's not the case for a lot of countries. So I am grateful for that aspect. But understanding that certain types of success are not free. They are expensive. Success is very expensive. And before you go down this path, you really have to count on how much are you willing to pay because this is not a free path. This is not a free path. And when you've when you've talked to people who talk to people who are where you are and ask them, tally this up. Tally this up in terms of tears, time, sacrifice, what you've missed out, divorces, right? It's expensive. Success is truly expensive. And you want to go down this path, know that it's going to cost you and know that it's going to be a bloody business. You heard it here first, lady. Thank you so much for tuning in. Hey, lady. It's Dr. Dom here from the Cultivating Her Space podcast. Are you currently a resident of the state of California and contemplating starting your therapy journey? Well, if so, please reach out to me at drdominiquebroussard.com. That's D-R-D-O-M-I-N-I-Q-U-E. B-R-O-U-S-S-A-R-D dot com to schedule a free 15-minute consultation. I look forward to hearing from you. Thanks for joining us today. Please note that our show may contain conversations about self-help, advice, self-empowerment, and mental health, but is by no means meant to be a substitute for an ongoing formal relationship with a trained mental health provider. If you or someone you know is in need of mental health care, please visit the Therapy for Black Girls directory, Psychology Today, or contact your insurance provider. 
If you liked what you heard and want to keep the conversation going, visit our website at cultivatingherspace.com. And be sure to click the Patreon tab to get access to video content, bonuses, and our weekly after show. And before we meet again, repeat after me. Just because I can do it all doesn't mean I have to do it all.